This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning. Welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to be chatting with a five-star boxing academy owner, Justin Donnelly. I thought this was the first time I'd met him, but he says way before the COVID times, we actually had an interview. Uh, anyway, they've had their first bouts of the season already last weekend in Grand Prairie, and they're uh, getting busy preparing for the five-star fight league event coming up next month. So we'll talk about all that and more. But first, Local 6 are holding a protest this weekend against ongoing human rights violations and abuses uh, in India. And EnergeticCity.ca reporter Manavpreet Singh wrote an article this week discussing the situation and why the locals are protesting. So to chat a bit about that article and more, we're joined now by Manavpreet Singh. Manavpreet, welcome to Moose Talks. Thank you very much, Dub, for having me. So uh, I know this is a very complex situation that's unfolding in uh, Punjab in northern India. If you can try and break down for us exactly what's going on right now for people yes. who maybe have no idea. Yes. So uh, basically, this whole mega crackdown is against Pai Amritpal Singh. Mm-hmm. He's a Sikh activist. He's been active uh, on social media for almost 10 years, mm-hmm. but he was based in Dubai. So he came to Punjab last year. So it's been a year. He, he's in India. Yeah. So what his organization and his uh, goal was to, you know, aware Sikh community about the injustices happening in India. Mm-hmm. And also there is a huge population of Sikh community that are involved in drugs. Mm-hmm. And what he's trying to do is, and his whole organization is, to bring them back into Sikh faith. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing it for a year. And suddenly, without any legal notice against him, this whole mega crackdown is to capture him. Mm-hmm. And still, according to Indian media and also Indian legal authorities, there is no legal case registered against him. Again, I'm repeating this word because it's against constitutional and Indian law yeah. making. So there is no nothing yet. And according to sources, he's on, his, he's on the run and they still haven't caught him. And this whole notion of uh, you know, unsettling internet has been shut down. Even myself, I'm not able to connect with my family. And I think the whole local sex, especially in Fort St. John and living in Canada, almost, I guess, 750,000, yeah. according to CBC. So we are all basically right now in a shock and panic situation. Yeah, because as I understand it, um, it's it, the mobile internet has been shut down by the government. Under the guise, at least, that yes. they need to uh, keep, you know, essentially from inflaming tensions, which, of course, it is inflaming tensions yes. doing so. Again, under the guise of finding Amrit Paul, which yes. is what they're doing, right? Yes. Um, and you kind of mentioned, uh, you know, it's it, you had said he's a preacher and he's trying to bring uh, Sikh people back to the Sikh faith. But it, there's something to do with um, also more about can we maybe bring um I feel like I'm phrasing this incorrectly, but a homeland sort of aspect. Yes, right. No, no, definitely. It's important you bring this issue because, yes, essentially, Sikhs uh, and Amritpal Singh, he's a huge advocate of Khalistan. Yeah. And again, Indian constitution allows Sikhs to 
you know peacefully protest and to peacefully ask for their homeland again he's not violating any legal you know uh, laws in india mm-hmm. indian government and constitution and indian legal bodies allow sikhs to have their you know say what they want or not mm-hmm. and he is basically uh, publicly just uh, asking for that and again peacefully nothing violent has happened in the last year in punjab from amritpal and his organization mm-hmm. again i'm quoting indian media yeah. and indian legal authority bodies yeah. so yes he is uh, advocating for khalistan and uh, that's what i i you're right i think that's where the problem is that's where the conflict is and suddenly now indian agencies or government realize that people are connected with him and uh, it's a huge movement becoming in and they don't want it i guess mm-hmm. yes and again as part of it as you said there's been a crackdown in sort of disabling mobile internet services you and other uh, local sikhs in the community here in fort st john have been out of contact with their family in Punjab for it's getting close to a week and a half yes, now something yes, like that yes almost 10 days i guess you can't phone you no. can't text email again uh, from last two days some places in punjab have got their internet back mm-hmm. but not all mm-hmm. again it's uh, uh, still the areas where amritpal belongs to that area is still shut down and mostly there is a huge population from that area in fort st john mm-hmm. as i've met a lot of people from amritsar and where he is from mm-hmm. so it's been a i think huge and especially uh, for international students coming from punjab yeah. they're already you know without their parents and struggling and then now they can't even send the money or you know help their families in any sort of way because even if they're sending money to their parents it's been connected to this whole khalistan money you know huge notion of uh, misinformation you know yeah being yeah nice. put on the board yeah i know in the article you uh, talked to i uh, yeah, i think some locals including uh, i think a student or two at nlc and and you've already brought this up i mean you have a personal connection too because you also haven't been able to contact yes. your family First of all, have you since we chatted about this yesterday? Have, have you been able to make contact with your family? I mean, not directly with my parents, but yeah. from like other family members who are who I have told you that some areas has got internet back. Mm-hmm. They have told me everything is fine, but yeah. not directly with my family, not yet. I see. So they've said your parents are fine and everything. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know what? If you can, what, what are the family members and the friends you've been able to talk to? uh kind of saying about the situation they just didn't have internet and now they do and that seems to be all there is at the moment situation the worry part they are all seeing is it's been huge deployment of police and army mm-hmm. and it's a constant fear for them as well mm-hmm. obviously for us being outside punjab it definitely is but they are under siege as well yeah. everybody is under siege because every little movement is being monitored by government mm-hmm. even right now as uh, we were discussing yesterday pre colonial law allows indian authorities if there are more than 3 people especially sick people they can catch them mm. so they can put them into jail and that's what is happening nia national sorry nsa national securities act has been evoked so it's been basically they have no legal case against amritpal singh yeah. but they want to you know portray at certain violation of human rights here so they are just cracking it down so that's why they are calling it mega crackdown yeah. so that's huge and in punjab the situation as uh, it's been pretty it's tough everybody because 
there has been reports that 1500 sikhs have already been captured by police mm-hmm. and their families are struggling some of them have little daughters and you know yeah. boys and uh, families being tortured their wives being tortured so but uh, it's uh, it's pretty tense situation right now i'll say a frightening um so this all leads up to the fact that the uh, local uh, temple if i can use that word um Planning a protest on, I believe, Sunday. Can you tell us a bit about Saturday, that? Yes. Oh, Saturday, yes. Uh, Saturday, Actually, apologies. it's uh, not really uh, Fort St. John Sikh Gurdwara Sahib. Gotcha. Mostly, there is Sikh uh, activists, we can say, the people who are from Punjab, but they are also very aware of the politics in Punjab. Mm-hmm. And they personally want to make an effort, and they approached me, and, and they said we should do something, and that's why they are doing it. It's not Sikh Gurdwara Sahib, but I guess okay. Gurdwara Sahib is in support of this whole, and yes, they are all supporting. So basically, Sikh bodies all over Fort St. John uh, have urged, you know, to do something mm-hmm. to raise awareness, especially and to bring uh, to bring communities of Fort St. John at one place to just make sure they're all they know what's happening in Punjab and how we can create awareness and raise human rights issues mm-hmm. happening in Punjab. Okay. Uh, when is that that's happening tomorrow? Do you know what time? Yes, it's where? happening uh, tomorrow, 12 p.m., uh, North Peace Cultural Center, outside North Peace Cultural Center. And uh, everybody is welcome. Mm-hmm. Everybody. And uh, so we, uh, bodies, sick bodies urge everyone to be there and just, you know, support them. And it'll be a huge, uh, I guess, uh, for all Sikhs, especially living in Fort St. John. Mm-hmm. If someone listening to this is is saying I want to help somehow, um, and and I'm not from you know Punjab uh, or India, is there is there something we can be doing? Can we be can we be sending letters to the government of Canada? And, and yes, like I think that will be a great help because uh, Jagmeet Singh, NDP leader, he's been very vocal about it, but we haven't heard anything about from uh, Justin Trudeau or any major political leader. Yeah. If we can arrange, if we can do something with that and wherever we have any platform like social media, if somebody can raise awareness, I mean, that will be a huge impact because all communities are, you know, putting pressure on the government. I think that will be a big boost for uh, Sikhs and especially uh, what's happening in Punjab. Okay. All right. Again, the protest is happening tomorrow. Well, what time and where? Sorry. 12 p.m. tomorrow, Saturday noon at outside North Peace Cultural Center. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. So right downtown. Yes. Here. Okay. Good to know. Uh, again, you can read the article and more information now uh, from Manafreet uh, Elver at energeticcity.ca. It's quite a wonderful article about a very tense and uh, sort of unfortunate situation unfolding. I appreciate you coming and taking a few minutes to tell us about it and uh, for sharing your kind of personal connection to this. So thank you, Manafreet. Thank you very much, Dub. Thank you. You're very welcome. That's uh, Manafreet Singh, again, a reporter with energeticcity.ca. We'll be right back to talk with Justin Donnelly from Five Star Boxing Academy right after this on Moose Talks. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're here to talk all about boxing. And uh, the Five Star Academy Boxing has uh, is actually celebrating a, a big milestone this year. They've had their first event of the year already in Grand Prairie, and they've got their uh, first locally hosted event of this year coming up uh, next week to so to t- or next month, I should say. To, so to talk all about that and more, we're joined now by Five Star Boxing Academy owner uh, Justin Donnelly. Justin, uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, so let's talk a bit about the event that was in. 
Grand Prairie uh, last weekend. How did that go for you guys? Uh, it went really good. Um, you know, we, uh, we've had a little bit of an inactive year. You know, our boxing season is kind of September to May. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, this year has been, well, actually the last couple of years, been kind of a rebuilding time. Uh, a yeah. lot of my... A lot of my older guys have kind of moved on to other life things, so I've been bringing up some new kids, and uh, of course I still have some adults, uh, some veteran guys, but for the most part we got a lot of young guys and new guys, and and so instead of being super active on the road this year, um, just been putting in a lot of gym time, so... yeah. So some of these newer guys, I, I just really wanted to get them in front of a crowd and uh, shake some nerves out here in Grand Prairie. It was nice and close to home, so I ended up with putting eight fighters on the card, and we mm-hmm. had everything from, you know, we ended up with some exhibitions, some fights, um, kind of went all over the map, the map with it. Um, we ended up going three and three in the official matches, which is, you know, for me, I'm, I mean, I like to win, so <laughs> <laughs> and I don't ever put my fighters in usually too early. Uh, yeah. So, but. The, the fights that we lost were extremely close. Two of them are split decisions, could have, you know, easily went either way. Uh, so I was really happy with that. And then the rest of the guys got some much-needed ring time that, uh, you know, I, especially these new guys that haven't fought before in front of a crowd, before you walk out in front of five, 600 people at the home show with all the lights and the screaming people, it's important for me to get them in front of a crowd. So. Yeah, I guess that's a whole other element that you can't really train for right because even though you got your buddies and the other kind of members of the gym watching you take fights it's a whole different atmosphere i suppose when it's actually the show hey eh? it is and and nerves and anxiety and all those things play into it at the end of the day it's it's not like other sports you know you're you're in a fist fight with somebody yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day so as much as it's a sport it's boxing but you know uh when you got somebody out there trying to punch you in the face you know it's a lot of nerves so Mm -hmm. yeah i like to i like to work that out for them guys before they fight at home because you know my shows are fairly large and very high energy so uh you know best to get those nerves out a little bit before before you're in front of i guess your family and friends and all that stuff yeah uh what was kind of the what would you say was the good stuff you saw from from everybody this past weekend that, that you were really kind of happy to see well, just everybody performed, and you know, for me as a coach, putting these guys in there prematurely is not something I generally do. And there was a couple of guys that I would have rather seen have a few more months under their belt, but um, like I said, the opportunity to fight close to home uh, before our phone home show was mm-hmm. was important. So uh, for me, just the f- performances of every guy they performed completely professional they listened in the corner they stayed calm um the guys uh you know i talk a little bit about eddie scarfo he's an open fighter he's going to go to western canadian championships here in may the weekend after our fight card so uh really getting eddie in there against a really tough opponent he fought uh two-time provincial champion another guy that's going to nationals this year and Mm -hmm. uh he lost a close split decision and eddie hasn't been in the ring since uh western canadians last year so just he's graduating this year and he's had a busy year with call or getting ready for college so um you know having him in the ring and and shaking some of those nerves off for him even you know um was important and he performed very well we we've seen a couple things we need to work on in the next five weeks until our fight card and six weeks to western canadians we got some some good things to work with so yeah would you say that's sort of kind of the next thing then is just getting um at least the six who did fight uh you know just more fights in and in front of crowds and, and that sort of thing that they're kind of that's kind of the next step for for that kind of group at least yeah and you know on a typical year we would we'd be at six seven eight fight cards throughout the course of you know september to april may 
again this year we've been rebuilding and I, for me it was more important to get these guys more gym time and, I see. and focus okay. on their skills so yeah it's not like other years where we're traveling every other weekend which to be honest with you has been kind of nice for me <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets tiring yeah yeah, yeah. So. okay so the season essentially will be wrapping up in the next month or two and then summertime training and whatnot and then you start again in the fall yeah and then hopefully next year like i said we'll get a lot more active and gotcha. i have uh six seven eight guys that will like to compete more next year and we'll uh lane harris is about to turn into an open fighter and for those that don't know your first uh one to ten fights you're considered a novice you're not el- eligible to go to provincials or okay or nationals so lane's uh gonna open up after fort st john and um you know, we, I got high hopes for him to do well at provincials and potentially mm-hmm. nationals next year. So, I'm about to ask you a very silly question because I know very little <laughs> about boxing. You say open up. You mean open for people to challenge you? I yeah, so like I said, one to ten fights, you're considered a novice. Yeah. Once you uh, go open as far as Boxing Canada is concerned, now you're opened up to fight anybody from up to 11 to 500 fights. Okay. And then you're at that point, you're uh, eligible to go and try to win provincials go to nationals and go to golden gloves you got to be an open class fighter to go to golden gloves and that sort of thing so that's when the big opportunities really open up and right now eddie's my only open class fighter lane's about to be and uh, uh nick young is still active but he's living on the island now so he'll be coming home to to headline the the home show so gotcha all right well let's talk about the home show coming up uh, i guess it's at the end of our kind of middle end of april it's coming up april 29th eh? saturday mm-hmm. april 29th yeah yeah so uh, tell us a bit about uh that and and what's gonna be happening there yeah so uh, really excited about it it's uh, our 10-year anniversary show um it's been a year since we did a show and prior to that thanks to uh, COVID, it had been two and a half years, so uh, we had a long break, and uh, last year we had a really great show, first one, like I said, in some time, so we we went to the rink, and, you know, we we had a really big attendance there, and it was great, and then, of course, this year with the 10-year anniversary show, I uh, had had to make some tough choices on venue, Mm -hmm. so... I, I really like, um, the rink is great, and they're really great to work with uh, down at the curling rink. They're all great people. Um, but I, I really like a, a tighter, it, intimate atmosphere for these shows. It just gets the crowd more interactive. So we went back to the, the Pomeroy uh, and Casino Banquet Room for this year. So mm-hmm. um, only able to go to 500 people there. And we're almost sold out actually already. Wow. So okay. yeah, I, I went and had a walk with the ladies there a couple of days ago to see where I could fit more seats <laughs> <laughs> and tables and such. So, uh, you know, out of 50, 50 tables, I think we got five left. And, uh, for this show, I didn't want to do any, uh, general mission standing seats. So we have the Monty Cooley's coming into play. They're going to kick off right after the fights are done, hopefully 10, 10, 30, and they'll they'll play for a few hours. So we got the dance floor, and so we're dealing with some different obstacles. Like I said, I wanted to do something different and a little more fun for our 10-year anniversary show. So mm-hmm. like I said we'll get the live band in there, and uh, we got some fun things that we've never done before happening, just uh, entertainment-wise. So all right, can I bring up the one we talked about before the show? <laughs> yes. Is that a surprise? No, no, oh, you can God. bring it up. Uh, I heard you might plan to have like a professional wrestling match at one of the intermissions. Yes, yeah, so we are planning a pro wrestling match. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> Uh, not planning it is it's it's happening um knock on wood that we have no issues with it but mm-hmm. um uh mitch clark uh he's a friend of mine uh trained with him off and on over the years he actually used to come up and do some ring announcing for us 
uh, at the old MMA shows, and he's a four-time UFC veteran. He's mm-hmm. uh, he was a really good MMA fighter, fought in the UFC, and when he retired from MMA, he got into pro wrestling. So um, we got chatting about it, and then he found a guy, and uh, we're gonna do it at halftime. And we're just dealing with a few little obstacles, like a boxing ring is entirely different than a wrestling ring. So yeah. you know, uh, it doesn't have the padding for say and things like that. So uh, we're just working through some of the kinks on that and how we're gonna do all that, but. Um, yeah, it's happening. I'm excited about it. To best of my knowledge, there hasn't been wrestling here in like 30 years. Um, I remember mm-hmm. my grandfather taking me as a kid many, many years ago. And there may have been something that I don't re- remember since then. But to my knowledge, I, there's been no pro wrestling. So just something different to engage the fans and, and uh, bring a little different entertainment value to the show. Absolutely. You ever do a media challenge for boxing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know if you were here when we did the... Uh, the charity boxing show back in 2016, but we had uh, Trevor Boland versus Dan Davies <sighs> and Lori Ackerman refereed it. Um, Amazing. Yeah, it was uh, it was more of a show than it was a boxing match. <laughs> um, i Trevor came out dressed as the bur- as the king of the the little Burger King costume, yeah. or whatever, and Dan was dressed as Batman. We had some fun with it, but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't call it boxing. But, uh, <laughs> Fair but it was entertaining. <laughs> All right. Well, you said there's like few tickets perhaps left for this. If if somebody wants to get in touch with you about snapping them up or saying, can I get on a wait list if you find more uh, room for me? Uh, what what can they do? Yeah, just uh, get at me directly. Um, my You can call me, text me, message the Facebook page, email me. Um, Crooked Corner Clothing is going to have a few tickets. We're going to we're going to have to open up a few general admission tickets. There's not going to be a lot, maybe 40. Um, but you can stop by probably by end of next week. I should have some tickets in hand over there with Ashley at Crooked Corner. And then other than that, just get in touch with me. There's not a lot left to sell, so um, I'm just doing it all myself. Gotcha. All right. Well, Justin, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. That's Justin Donnelly, the owner and head coach of the Five Star Boxing Academy, again, celebrating their 10th anniversary this year. Thanks to our guests today, Manafreet Singh and Justin Donnelly, for stopping by. If you'd like to hear this episode again, you'll be able to listen to the podcast shortly over at energeticcity.ca slash podcast. There you'll find old episodes of Moose Talks as well as, uh, as episodes of our other excellent locally produced podcasts such as Secrets of the North, Voices of the Peace, and Before the Peace. If you're sitting at your desk right now thinking, I got an hour to kill, check out energeticcity.ca slash podcast. That's the show. Trey Lopashinsky and Jordan Prentice are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.